Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The world is always on. But you shouldn't be. Put junk sleep to bed. During Mattress Firm's Labor Day sale, get a king for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin. And save up to $700 on ceiling. Talk to a sleep expert and unjunk your sleep today. Mattress Firm. to the barber. When I'm not changing lives, you're watching Sons of UCF live. Go night. Charge on. Hello, Night Nation. I'm Trace Frogo. Welcome into the Sons of UCF live. Adam, Mike said, if I lost the stash, he might not appear. Is that why he's not here off the top of the show? If that's all it took, all these years, I've been trying to figure out how to, how to figure it. And if you have just done it with a shave, I mean... Thank, thank you so much for that. Yeah, I don't know where Mike's at. He's wandering around his garage. He's on protest. He's he's maybe he's one of only five people at an Oakland A's game. I have no idea where he's at right now. He's running a little bit late, and mm. we expect him at some point in the show. It was good seeing Monster the barber in his shop yesterday. Do I look dramatically different? Were you pro or uh, against the stash? And now I have lost. Adam. Uh, so it was good seeing Monster the Barber. Good to see uh, JRP off the top hey. of the show as well. There you go. I'm back. Adam, you're back. Yeah, I'm not anti-stash. It just it didn't feel like a Trace Trelco look. That's okay. All Fair enough. We'll let. Uh, and I think I think Lauren the, agrees. The viewers. Uh, uh, Lauren. Lauren has weighed in. So, all right. How about a little news off the top? Did anybody enter the transfer portal today? Have you have you been checking that thing? Today? Um, I have not seen it. I'm only on page 85, though, so it's very possible. Well, Jalen Flash Robinson entering on Wednesday, joining Cole Joyce, Parker Navarro. I got to tell you, amongst the chattering class of the media set, this was not totally unexpected. I think some fans thought it was out of the blue, but... It seemed like it was rumored a bit. Uh, I wonder when he had made his decision, though. He did have a good spring game just a few days ago. Yeah, I mean, the timing is curious, right? Everyone assumed that when he stayed after the bowl game, that that would have been the time that he would potentially have thought about moving on. So when he stayed and he played and he played really well, I think there was a thought that maybe, you know, something had changed. Maybe he was kind of acclimating to it. So I think the timing was, 
you know, probably the biggest surprise. But it does make some sense if you think about it. He was on track to graduate in the spring. Um, you know, you'd want to have the opportunity to showcase your your health. Um, you know, obviously he wasn't uh, super healthy at the end of the summer, so had a chance to play, get some reps on tape. You know, show some coaches he still had uh, still had the, the game. So um, timing was, I guess, surprising because you would have thought that many stayed, but um, you know. Certainly, this is just a new wave of college athletics. It, it's unfortunate. And when it happens, um, you know, Flash was a great player for us. And I know a lot of, um, you know, a lot of his teammates, a lot of fans love playing with him. So it's unfortunate when these when these guys move on. But unfortunately, you know, it's just, just college athletics these days. But several booms the last couple of days. We're going to have an opportunity to talk to, about that with the beat writer for the Knights from the Orlando Sentinel, Jason Beatty. He'll be coming up in just a little while. I know he's in the uh, the green room. Is he able to join us? Do we have some audio? Can we bring in our first guest of the evening? Running we're back. gonna try. I'm gonna hit a button here, and we're gonna see what uh, we're gonna see what happens here. Isaiah Bowser, mystery man. Ah, Isaiah, are you there? Yeah, uh, I think. Be- I don't know why you can't hear. Can you hear me? We can hear you, but we can't see you, sir. I'm not sure why that's the case. It's of course better to hear you and not see you than see you not hear you. So we will take you just the way you are until you maybe figure out your camera. Isaiah Bowser, the voice of, perhaps the video of shortly, joins us in the Sons of UCF Live. Isaiah, how you doing? I'm doing great, how about you? Doing very well. You've got a youth football camp coming up this weekend. We're gonna talk about that in just a little while. I was hoping, I don't know what you're wearing right now. I don't know if you're wearing one of those custom Isaiah Bowser shirts. We're also gonna talk a little bit about your merch. Yeah, I actually don't have one on right now, but that's not, product I'm, placement, my man. Let's help you out here. That's product <laughs> placement. You got to do that. That's right. I should I should have put one on. I'm not sure what's going on in my video, but but yeah, um, my shirts are pretty comfortable though. I don't know if anybody you know is able to, been able to grab one, but that's been probably the number one thing that I've been you know feedback wise been getting back is their comfortable shirts. As long with the cool designs, my um, the guy who did them for me, Ryan Taka. Uh, he had to work with Mackenzie Milton as well and made some cool shirts with him. So um, I'm, I'm, I was definitely happy with the product that came out, and it's doing well so far. So I'm excited to see how it goes going to the What season. have you thought when Coach Malzahn comes out at a press conference wearing one of your shirts? No, I thought that was crazy. I never, I never like, seen a coach do it before. So I think that was, that was the first time for me seeing a coach kind of promote their guys' jer- uh, shirts like that. So it was a good feeling, though, seeing that he, you know, he, supports, he supports his players. I wasn't really surprised, honestly, because I know – the type of coach Malzahn is, you know, he always does everything to support us and make sure we're good. But no, it, it was great, you know, to see to see a head, my head coach, you know, wear my shirt. At the outset of spring camp, he talked about wanting to treat you and some other guys like pros and give you a little bit of an easier spring camp. When you heard that, what did you think? And what was it like to go through things a little bit lighter this spring camp? Yeah, so you know, from the time I got here, you know, I've had full trust in Malzahn's uh, plan for me and the team and. Um, you know, that, that was what he was, you know, wanting to do with me coming back from my, my fifth year. And, you know, I'm all in, you know, if, if he thinks that's what's going to be best for me, then I, you know, I'm all in on that. So but I had a good spring, you know, I was still practicing. I just didn't do any other scrimmages, but I still had full practices and uh, got, got a lot better this spring, feeling great, feeling healthy again. And, um, you know, like I said, and I'm happy with the plan and I think it's, it's going well so far. Isaiah, recently we had a chance to have one of your former teammates, Marcus Tatum, on the show, and, and he had some interesting comments about you. I want to play these for you and then get your thoughts for him. So I'm going to play Marcus for you real quick. And then Bowser's okay. just – everybody's been trying to tag him. <laughs> and I do not like people getting extra hits in. And just that really bothers me. So I know when Bowser's in the game, 
they're going to be trying to like go after him and like trying to gang up on him and gang tackle him. So just being able to like find him where he's at and getting them off him off the pile. Cause I really hate that. <laughs> he seems like he likes that though. He seems like he's ready for all that contact. He wants you, he wants people to bring it on. Oh yeah. He, he embraces it. Honestly. And he likes punishing people. I just hate those little extra late licks that the defensive tries to get. So it's just, no, they're just trying to do their, they're trying to do just everything in their power to just, I don't know what it was. It was just always when Bowser was in the game. They were always trying to get these late behind hits, and I, I, it, I hated it. So, is it, how does it feel to hear your teammate uh, talk about how much he hated to see you get get hit, um, <laughs> kind of late on the field? You know, I love it. You know, Mark Taylor was one of my one of my good friends, and uh, happy to see him move on to the next level. And I'm wishing him the best. But you know, hearing him say that, you know, I, I, I never really noticed. The extra hit, maybe because it's me and, you know, I'm not anybody else to see, you know, anybody else get an extra hit. But, you know, to hear my old lineman say that and, you know, want to help me, you know, really shows, you know, the type of, type of guy he is, type of old lineman that the NFL will be getting. You know, he's a, he's a guy who's there for his teammates as, as he was there for me. Um, and I appreciate that a lot because, you know, like, like I said, sometimes, man, it gets to the point where there's five guys tackling me at one time. You know, it's, it's not much you can do with that besides, you know, holding to the ball and try to just go, go for it as much as you can. But. No, that, that's crazy that uh, you know he was saying that, and he really put, made a made an uh, emphasis to help me through through all that. Well, again, you're a guy who doesn't appear to shy away from contact. Is there a running back either in the NFL, either you know maybe present or past, that you kind of pattern your game after? You know, I've always liked Adrian Peterson. Uh, he's my favorite because in my eyes, you know, he does he can do everything. You know, he runs he runs powerful, he runs fast. You know, he he does everything right. I mean, I'm one of the greatest of all time, as we all know. So. I'll say Adrian Pearson is one person I, you know, try to be like. You know, obviously I'm, you know, I got a lot of a lot of work to do to be a, the Adrian Pearson, but that that's one guy who I've, I've always looked up to and watched a lot of tape of. As I don't know if you can see the screen, but my uh, my nine year old wants to say hello to you. He's a big fan of yours, so he's got a message for you on screen there. So oh, uh, so. Aiden, right? Aiden. Yeah, Aiden's a big fan of yours. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, what's up, Aiden? <laughs> Uh, Isaiah, we've been talking so much this spring about the running back room. Tell us a little bit more about these guys. They seem to all bring a little bit something different to the mix. That's right. You know, our, from our, our running back room top down is, I'm saying it's up there, you know, up top in the country, I think. And, you know, we, we have a lot of talent, a lot of guys doing different things. Uh, as, you, as you guys can see last year, you know, I played a lot and Johnny played a lot. Johnny, you know, quick and explosive guy who, gonna break a run get 50 yards you know he's gonna break one for 50 every game you can expect that from Johnny. He's so fast and explosive and you got mark marks came up mark marks uh, gotten even better this offseason so i'm excited to see what you know how he comes next year but you know he he, he adds uh not only like the, the speed but also the power um but and, and, and but it really goes throughout the whole room you know rj we're gonna see him play this year he, he wasn't able to play last year due to injury but you know he's speed and power so and then you got trill and Coles, you know, he's probably the most elusive guy in the room. Um, not not a guy you want to see up the field, you know, watch out for your ankles, you see you see Trill. But really, it really goes, you know, top down in the room. I think no matter who you put in there, you know, all, every, everybody's going to produce. And I'm just happy to be working with them every day and to be a leader in that room. We certainly like as fans when guys come into UCF from the transfer portal. Not as happy when they leave. Of course, the news this week, a couple of guys entering the portal. What was your reaction when you heard Jay Flash was entering the portal? Yeah, when Jay Flash entered the portal, I was, I was pretty, pretty, pretty. Uh, you know, that's that's a good friend of mine. So you know, obviously, I want to see, I want to see him do the best. You know, wherever he ends up. But you know, I also one of my team. He was a great player, a great friend. So you know, it kind of hurt me a little bit to see him leave. But at the same time, you know, 
I've also entered the transfer portal and, and, and ended up being great for me. You know, I'm happy to be where I'm at and end up being the best situation for me. So I just hope that, you know, it's the best forever, wherever he, wherever he ends up. Well, speaking of decisions, Isaiah, you had a decision to make this last season, right? You could have obviously opted to go to, to the NFL and gone into the draft. You decided to come back to UCF. What went into your decision to come back to UCF? Uh, my decision to come back to UCF, you know, there's a lot of things that went into it. Um, big one was, you know, obviously I missed a lot of time last year and wasn't able to really showcase exactly all I could do. So coming back and being able to showcase my full potential, I think was a big part. Uh, so basically get yeah, come back to develop even more before that next level. Also, uh, I'm also working on master's right now, so it never hurts. To, my mom, parents always, my mom always told me it never hurts to get you know another degree. So I'm getting a master's, and then you know also like I, I, I just love I love Orlando, and I, I enjoy my time here, and definitely doesn't hurt to stay for another year, and hopefully you know boost my draft stock even more. So take us. We, we obviously we see the season, we see the spring game, but now you have the next three to four months. What what are you going to be doing these next three four months to prepare for the season? Are you working out? Are you studying playbook? Take us kind of behind the scenes of, of the next three or four months for you. Yeah, the next two or four months is going to be a lot of working out. Um, and then, yeah, getting in the film room as well. Um, so working out pretty much every day of the week, uh, take the weekends off, you know, for recovery. And um, But, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of speed work, you know. Big, big, I want to get faster um, this before this season as well as stronger. But speed is a big emphasis of mine. I want to, I want to really get faster. Um, so I'm going to be doing a lot of speed work. And then additionally, like getting in the film room, going in and meeting with coach, you know, watching through film, seeing, you know, Run plays from last season, the hockey improve on those, also protections. Just a lot, a lot of little things that um, I can do in the offseason to really fine-tune my game. So by the time I get the season, you know, I'm just full go. With the versatility in this running back room, do you think there are some ways the Knights coaching staff might be able to utilize you a little bit differently? Um, you know, I'm not sure exactly what, what their plan is to, to the T on how they're going to use me. I know, you know, it's going to be – you know, probably similar to last year in a way, um, you know, getting the ball, um, you know, any type of situation, you know, I'll just be happy to get the ball and make a play. But, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I know we're thinking about doing some two-back sets, so that would be something new and exciting to look forward to. And tell us about this quarterback battle. We saw both JRP and Mikey Keene really shine out during that spring game on Saturday. Yeah, those guys, man, those guys are playmakers, man. I'm ex- it's fun playing with those guys, you know. Um, they both add a little little something different to the game that makes them fun to play with. But no, nah, no doubt it's been it's been it was a fun spring playing with those guys and watching them guys develop. And that battle has just been you know pretty pretty crazy. You know every day it's they're both making plays and they're just pushing each other to be even better. And 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 by them doing that, it makes the team even better. You know up up ups the level of the team. And I'm and I'm excited for fall camp. You know see how this battle ends up. And I know whoever whoever gets that that starting spot, you know I, I know you know the full team will be behind them and. Uh, we'll, we'll be ready to go. So you walk in the locker room, you know, pre-spring game, and you see a jersey with a QR code on the back. What were your first thoughts? <laughs> yeah, uh, my first thoughts was like, wow, this is this is crazy. Like, I've never seen a jersey without a number on the back. So that, that was something new for me. And then I remember last year they used the Twitter names and Instagram names on the back um, instead of our last names, and that was pretty cool. But, you know, it, it really shows that, you know, our – UCF and our coaches and uh, media staff is really here and trying to promote us and do the best they can to, you know, really get our um, name, image, image and likeness out there. So it, I was pretty excited to, uh, to wear it and have be the first to do something like that. It's pretty, pretty crazy. So definitely different. I know I've seen a lot of different opinions about it on Instagram, but to me, you know, I thought it was pretty cool. 
Uh, well, for me, one of the coolest things was after the game, I was down in the field and, and the players hung around and got to meet the fans. And you probably had one of the longest lines of anybody out in the field that day. But I saw you stand there for, for what seemed to be almost an hour, shaking hands with everybody, taking pictures. What does that mean to you to be able to hang out with the fans and give back and take some photos and, and shake some hands? How important is that to you? Yeah, you know, it's important. You know, um, I remember being a kid and going to, you know, Ohio State game or whatever it was back in the day, Cincinnati game. I'm from Ohio, obviously, so going to those type of games and wanting to meet the players. You know, I, I always thought the players were so cool and so inspiring, you know, they're, to be where they are. Obviously, it takes a lot of hard work. So to be in that position nowadays and, you know, knowing those kids, you know, look up to me and the fans also, they, they, they support us so much, you know, coming to every game and just how crazy they are. And they really, really give us a home field advantage. So I definitely want to take some time, you know, to show, show my, um, my respect for them and my support. Uh, so now I appreciate them and also just, you know, some give some the kids something to look up to. Does your face hurt after a while with all the smiles? Do you, do you have to, you know, recalibrate? How does that work? Because I can only take like five pictures, Isaiah, and I'm tired. You, you must have been exhausted <laughs> taking all those photos. No, what really was killing me was the sun. You know, it was pretty hot during the spring game. So I was sitting out there for about an hour and the sun was just blasting on my face. My, my face was bright red the next day, being a little burnt. But that was probably the, tough, the toughest part. You've become a fan favorite. You've talked about name, image, and likeness. We talked at the outset a little bit about the shirt line that you have, but you're also utilizing your name for a football camp this weekend out at the outdoor practice fields at UCF. Kids age 8 to 14. Why was this important for you to do, and what do you think kids are going to get uh, from that experience? Yeah, it's important because, I know, get, like I said, get back to the community, and I know I know kids uh, you know, can come to this camp and have a good time and Learn some, you know, some valuable tips about, you know, just little skills for football. But most importantly, I know I think they're going to come, have a good time, and make some friends, get some cool prizes. And I just want to, you know, inspire them to, you know, maybe maybe play football on that good order. I think for me, football has been great and definitely changed my life. I was, I, obviously, to be where I am at today, and maybe I can inspire one of those kids to also, you know, follow my footsteps and maybe be be where I'm at today, or whether that's in football or anything in life, you know, just want to inspire them to, you know, chase their dreams. A portion of the proceeds also going to go to charity. Talk a little bit about that, if you would. Yeah, so a portion of it's going to go to charity. Uh, it's a nonprofit organization called Sports for Kids, and it's in Orlando. And basically the, the organization gives – they donate uh, to kids who can't uh, necessarily afford um, to, like, say if there's, like, a football league and it's $100, you know, and, they, and the parents can't afford it, they'll – They'll just pay for pay for their registration, or they need some extra equipment. They'll put the money towards that. So that's what I'm gonna donate some uh, some of the money to. Camp coming up on Saturday again. How can folks find your merchandise line? I think we may be able to show it up on screen. We're showing some of the shirts right now. Yeah, so those are my shirts right there, and the big the big favorite's been on the left with the Nitro Bowser. That's that's been been the big one that everybody loves, and that's probably my favorite as well. But. Uh, they could find that on shopbowser.com. It's usually in my bio on Instagram and Twitter, but right now I have my camp information in there. But yeah, shopbowser.com, and it will be in my bio within the next uh, week after this camp is over with. Isaiah, I got the most important question for you. This is uh, 8 to 14-year-olds at this camp, right? Yeah. How many of them would it take to tackle you? How many 8 to 14-year-olds <laughs> do you think it would take to bring you down if they really tried? Yeah, size depending, um, you know, it, It'll take a it'll take a good good bit of them. I don't think they'll be able to catch me one. I think I'm a little faster than some you know <laughs> some some kids, and I, I know I'm faster than I was at that age. But yeah, definitely definitely north of five. <laughs> north of five, okay. 
Okay, fair All enough. right, kids, now's your opportunity. Maybe you'll get a chance on Saturday. The camp hosted by Isaiah Bowser out at the UCF Outdoor Practice Field this coming Saturday. Find more information on Isaiah's social media. Isaiah, we may not be able to have seen you during this, but we are sure glad you joined us on the Sons of UCF Live. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. And yeah, sorry about the camera. I'm not sure what's going on with that. But yeah, thanks for having me. And I uh, really appreciate it being on here. Thank you much. All right, sell a shirt or two more. Fix that camera. Isaiah Bowser, good to have him oh, on. on. I love the shirt design, though. Real quick, if you thought star power was over, <laughs> it is not my friend. You see if Mike has showed up. We are back in business, baby. So is that a 15-minute boycott because of the loss of the stash? Is that all it was? And, and now we don't have Mike on, which is fine. Don't worry about that. I came but, up to yeah, tell you that I'm not go. doing the rest of the show because of the stash. What, what, the, what the heck's going on here? You finally look good for once, and then you get rid of it? <laughs> I, fi- I finally look oh. good. I got the full monster, the barber treatment. You know, he's changing lives. I mean, I look dramatically different than I, I, I used to before the, uh, the mustache, don't you think? Your life would have changed if you kept the mustache. Uh, <laughs> well, it, it could certainly return. Really good to have Isaiah Bowser stop by. A little bit of an issue with his camera, but again, better to hear him and not see him than see him and not hear him, as we did off the top from Mike. And a little bit of insight on what we've heard from camp. You know, the question I asked, you guys did such a good job breaking down the spring game uh, on your show this week. I asked, who's QB1 now? And boy, oh boy, the John Rice Plumley now 63% of respondents. My, how that has changed. It seems like the Knights are in good hands no matter what direction they go in. Before we talk more about the spring game with Orlando Sentinel beat reporter Jason Beatty, how about a little bit of a sound compilation? Coach Malzahn, Mikey Keene, John Rice Plumley on how they look at this quarterback battle. Uh, we're not in a position right now that we're going to name a starter tomorrow or anything, but I think we're in a super spot going into the next season. The competition brings out the best in everyone, and uh, a lot of times you also look and see how teammates respond. But, you know, both of them are highly respected because of the character they have yeah, and the talent they have. Whoever's going to put the team in the best position to win uh, is going to get the job. That's how I see it. Whoever's going to be able to put the team in the best position to win, uh, that's what's going to happen. Uh, they're going to pick whoever they feel uh, does that. But John Rice, me, uh, Tommy Castellanos, Parker have all done great jobs this spring, uh, putting our guys in positions to make plays and ultimately put up points on the board. So it's going to be based off of whoever can lead this team the best and who can help us win the most. Um, learned a lot from, from Mikey and Coach Lindsey and Coach Malzahn. There's obviously great offensive minds. And when you put them all together, you kind of get something that's pretty special, you know. And so um, to be able to be in that, those rooms with those guys, it's, it's really special. And it's been a lot of fun. Talk about star power. We had Isaiah Bowser. We have UCF Mike. We now bring in Orlando Sentinel, beat reporter for the Knights, Jason Beatty, who, the beauty of a live show, Jason, Trace, check your DMs. You forgot to send me the link to the show. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, thank you for joining us on the Sons of UCF Live. You and I have been covering camp all spring. What has been one of the biggest surprises for you uh, of this spring camp? I think the biggest surprise for me was John Rice Plumley's performance in the spring game. Like we talked to Chip Lindsay multiple times, maybe once too many times, but we talked to him a lot. And I remember you asked him like, what's something Mike King can do and what's something John Rice Plumley needs to work on as in that question. And he was like, oh, Mikey needs to be able to do a little bit more with his feet, you know, and he said he's doing that this spring. And then he would answer the question about John Rice and be like, he has to throw a catchable ball. And like, 
to me, that seems like a pretty important thing for a quarterback to be able to do. Like if there's one thing your quarterback needs to be able to do is throw a catchable ball. And then we saw his performance and we, you know, we got to see a limit, limited access practice as members of the media, but you know, you can, you can never tell too much, but I thought his spring game performance was really surprising just because the expectations, maybe that was done on purpose from Chip Lindsay um, seemed like he couldn't throw. And then he comes out and, you know, has some nice touchdown passes, obviously the, you know, 45 yard one, um, you know, he did some things with his feed and, um, I thought his performance was the most surprising thing to me from the spring game and just building up the entire spring practices, the limited access, talking to Chip Lindsay, hearing about the quarterback battle from other players and whatnot. And then the spring game performance itself, I thought was really surprising. Jason, what do you think is going to uh, decide this QB battle? Where do you think it's going to be at? Is it intangibles like playbook leadership? Is it, is it simply going to be skill sets like throwing or running? Where do you see this decision being made? I think it's that first part of what you said, the intangibles. Like Mikey has the good points. It's going to, you know, in addition to that, it's going to be who's going to win them the most games. And, you know, we obviously know that John Rice Plumley can do some things with his feet that Mikey can't. That's not an insult to Mikey. I think everyone in the room knows that. I think Mikey probably knows that too. Um, but at the same time, every time we talk to Gus, Malzahn, or Chip about the quarterbacks, like they continuing to mention that, Mikey Keene doesn't get rattled. And that's, I think to me, if I was a coach, that's something I would want as a starter, you know, week in, week out. Not saying John Rice gets rattled a lot or, or whatever, but um, to me it seems like Mikey Keene, because of his nine games that he started, because of his performance against the Florida Gators and the Gasper Bowl, he's not going to get rattled. He's going to, you know, give you a chance to win the game. And when you combine that with the skill set around him, you know, maybe he's not the most elite quarterback that UCF has had recently or, um, you know, he's still obviously pretty good quarterback and he can throw the ball well and whatnot. Um, I, I think when you when you need to win games, you need a quarterback that can't get rattled. So, yes, John Rice Plumlee might be able to do a little bit more, but I think when it comes down to it, um, Mikey Key might have that slight edge. But again, you know, we have to wait and see what happens in ball camp and what happens over the summer. The biggest news the last couple of days has been the transfer portal and a bunch of guys jumping in. Obviously the biggest name, Jalen Robinson. Was this a big surprise to everybody? What's been the reaction around the clubhouse after this announcement? I think the surprise was more about the timing more than the actual decision. Like if he had done this after the Gasper in the bowl, a game in which he didn't play in, it would have been like, okay, that makes sense. That checks out. Um, but when you start thinking about the timing you know, the fact that he's already transferred to UCF, so he transferred once already. A lot of people have been asking me, like, how can you transfer again and expect to play? He had to sit out that he come, he had to sit out first. So that's going to help. If he has to get a waiver of some sort, he's going to argue probably, hey, I already had to sit out once. I'm going to graduate this semester, this semester from UCF. So he's going to be a graduate transfer. He's probably not going to have any issues becoming immediately eligible at his next school. So um, at first, the timing was surprising, but when you think about it, it makes sense in his circumstance and his situation and some of the hurdles. You know, if he had done so before the spring, he wouldn't have graduated from UCF, and his situation would have been, you know, much more limited options than what he was able to do in terms of playing right away. So, um, you know, on the flip side, there's probably some players who, you know, just because you're on a team doesn't mean you know everything going on. I mean, the offensive line might not talk to the receivers every single day as compared to the receivers in the room uh, and especially players on defense. They don't talk to everyone. There's a lot of kids on a college football team. So there are probably some players 
on the UCF team that probably thought, oh, Jalen Robinson is hanging around for the spring. Maybe he's figured some things out. Oh, wait, now he's still transferring. Like that was probably surprising for some people who might not have been in the know. And that was, I think that was surprising to me at how many people were surprised that he still decided to transfer. Um, you know, so, you know, it is what it is. And that's the reality of college football today. What do you think it means for the depth chart now uh, after Ryan O'Keefe? It's interesting. I mean, that was one of the big storylines heading into the spring. Like we were writing, or at least I was writing about, you know, who's going to emerge at that third spot. You know, we heard a lot about Jalen Griffin having this great spring. And we obviously know about Kobe Hudson and what he did at Auburn. And those two guys were battling for the same spot. I mean, those guys were battling for that third wide receiver spot. So are those guys now two and three? I don't, you know, it's maybe Amari Johnson had a pretty good spring game. I wrote about him. The fact that he's had to wait his turn. Maybe this is an opportunity for him. It's important to remember also that this summer UCF is being joined by Quan Lee and Xavier Townsend, who, according to 24-7 Sports, were both four-star talent in high school. So, you know, you're bringing on, you know, yes, they're going to be young, but when an opportunity opens up for those guys to, you know, show out, they obviously have to learn the playbook and get accustomed to UCF. But if you're talented, you're going to see the field. So I think, you know, Ryan O'Keefe was going to have a special season no matter what. The issue now is, you're going to be able to double Ryan and someone in that room is going to have to make plays. Like before if you had Ryan and Jalen plus, you know, a guy like Kamori Gamble or even Alec Collar at tight end, you know, those guys are going to, those guys would be able to, you know, be open if you're going to, you know, have those guys all over the field, like just the talent around. So obviously when you lose a guy like Jalen Robinson, all conference first team player, um, you know, that's, that changes things for sure. Let's talk about the other side of the ball, the defense. What did we learn, and especially at linebacker? <laughs> I think linebacker, we learned that they still need help. I mean, Travis Williams, God bless him, said, I'm going to be able to develop these guys, and, um, you know, don't worry, I'll have to figure it out by fall camp. Well, one of those guys entered the portal this week, so clearly they still have some answers to be found at that position. We know about um, Eastern Illinois FCS All-American transfer Jason Johnson, I wouldn't be surprised to see if they add another linebacker from the portal. Um, you know, I think a big question mark at the linebacker for me still, in addition to the depth, is Terrence Lewis and his health. Like, I think we know that he's a talented athlete, but we haven't really seen him at all at the college level. Like, that's because of his knee injury that he sustained at Maryland, and he hasn't played in any college football games. So, yes, he was a five-star recruit, and that talent is there it's his ability to stay healthy and, and actually learn and play at the college level. Cause that's going to be a big jump for him for sure. Um, you know, elsewhere on the defense, I think we learned a lot about Cody Perry, which was exciting to talk with him and hear about him. And um, you know, we know about that cornerback position. It seems like they have plenty of depth, you know, Brandon Adams, Corey Thornton, um, you know, some of those other guys in that spot. Um, when you add in a guy like Kobe Perry, who's apparently really vocal. I like talking to him recently um, I think that helps them a lot in the secondary for sure. So, you know, I think when you look at linebacker, that's obviously the weakest link on the defense. Um, but we know about that interior defensive line. Lee Hunter is, you know, he's a massive dude. Um, we got to see him in person. That was something we learned for sure. You know, you combine him with Ricky Barber, might not matter who's playing linebacker, to be honest with you. 
Jason, we just had Isaiah Bowser on, right? And we're getting close to the year anniversary of the NIL stuff. What is your overall big picture thoughts on what NIL has done in college football? And where do you stack UCF as some of these big dominoes, these big collectives are forming and you're hearing $8 million rumors, right? Where do you stack UCF in this bigger landscape of NIL? I think it's evolved so much. I mean, I remember when they introduced the first team deals, I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. You know, like that, that was something I hadn't even considered. You know, we all knew that there'd be the college football star eating the Doritos or the chicken wings or Buffalo wild wings and, and whatnot. I think also, you know, people who were against NIL thought, okay, it's only going to be for the star players, but I think there's a lot of athletes who don't even play or have limited playing time that are, you know, making, I don't know, making good money, but having success, getting deals and whatnot. Um, there's just been so much, you know, the collectives, they kind of remind me of, I don't know, I, I minored in political science. So I learned a lot about, you know, PACs and politics. So you can't really donate right to the politician, but you can donate to like friends of Trace Choco, right? So these collectives, Gator Collective, Mission Control, it's like, it's an opportunity for UCF fans to donate to this fund that then gives it to the athlete kind of reminds me like that. So I just feel like in the year NIL has evolved so much, but with that in mind, I'm not surprised to see like outside of the collective, I think that's awesome. Um, I'm not surprised to see like UCF is kind of behind in the state. I mean, we've seen these posts from FSU's collective and Florida's collective and, you know, they're raising just ungodly numbers. Like they're raising money that UCF athletics wishes they could raise in a short amount of time for, you know, construction and projects and some of these other fundraisers that Terry Mahaj is getting. And they're doing it for, you know, collectives and NIL deals. And then you see what's going down at the University of Miami. You know, Tyler Van Dyke just got a BMW last week. Like, I'm curious where Carl Black is and, you know, Holler Honda and some of these other Orlando car dealerships, because I know UCF's a little different and whatnot um, in terms of how they want to play it safe with NIL. But, you know, they, some of these schools are, you know, I don't know exactly how it's going to pay off long term, but in the short term right now, I would say in the state of Florida, UCF is behind. Are they doing some things? Absolutely. You know, with all the QR codes, I think it's awesome that Gus Malzahn's a player's coach. He's wearing the gear. Um, but if, you know, the Athletic did some reporting the other day that a three-star player, not even a five-star, but a three-star recruit got a $200,000 deal. Like that's not just going to happen at UCF. Now the argument could be made by some fans, well, we wouldn't want him anyways because he's a me guy and only cares about the money. But at the same time, um, you know, I still think UCF's a little bit behind in the NIL industry. Just my thoughts and, and based on the landscape and where things are. Well, even though we haven't been paying the guys as much as these other schools, recruiting is getting off to a pretty good start for 2023. We just signed the quarterback today, Dylan Risk, out of uh, Cardinal Gibbons in Fort Lauderdale. Give the fans a little bit of a scouting report on this guy. Well, he's, uh, you know, another state champion quarterback. Um, you know, Mikey Keene was a state champion coming out of high school, and, and he led, uh, you know, his Arizona high school to back-to-back -back state titles. This kid comes from Cardinal Gibbons out of Fort Lauderdale. He just led them to a state championship in Florida, beating Orlando's Coco team. Um, you know, they list him as a pro-style quarterback. He's six foot two. I think he can do some things with his legs that – um, you know, if you just look at his size that you, I, I would say go and watch his tape. I mean, he can do some things with his legs that are may, might be surprising. Um, you know, you look at the recruiting sites and, and the ratings, maybe he's a little underrated. I'm not too sure. 
um, what goes into that. But I got to see him in person last summer um, when he went to a UCF camp. That's the same time when they offered him for the first time. I think he's really happy to be committed to UCF. I think he loves Gus Malzahn. And, um, you know, I talked to him today. He told me that he actually got offered by Chip Lindsay when he was at Troy. And uh, when he came to UCF, he was like, oh, my gosh, this is the best thing for me because I want to go to UCF. So um, I'd, I'd be pretty surprised um, if he, you know, if another school came in or something like that happens. Um, I think um, it's definitely like you look at his film and he's obviously not like an elite high school quarterback. But I think for what UCF needs, like we, you look at the current quarterback room, Thomas Castellanos is obviously the future of the quarterback room, but this kid um, coming in, I think he definitely has an opportunity to, to, to compete eventually for sure. Final word from you, Jason, is this Knights team coming out of this spring camp better than the Knights team that came out of spring camp a year ago? Oh, I think so. Absolutely. Um, and that's for a number of reasons, you know, Gus Malzana said it like last spring, they were learning each other and, and learning the team and, and whatnot this spring. I think just from an organizational standpoint and how things are run, everything is a lot more clear. Not saying they weren't last year, but obviously when you're learning everything, it's, it's you know, there's a learning process. There's a curve to it for sure. So, um, you know, now that they have a season under their belt, they know where they are at a lot of different positions. They know what they have to do this summer. Um, they've added some nice transfers. We mentioned Kobe Hudson earlier. We didn't really talk about the offensive line, but Ryan Swoboda is a dude up there for sure. Um, you know, they – they added John Rice Plumley, obviously. So the quarterback competition is interesting, but um, I think compared to last year's team at this point, yeah, they're definitely in a in a really good place right now for sure. Heading into the summer, he's not a me guy, total we guy. He's Jason Beatty of the Orlando Sentinel. Jason, thanks for joining us on the Sons of UCF Live. I appreciate it. Thank you guys. Thanks, Jason. Thank you, Jason. All right, how do you guys feel? as the long summer goes now you feel good coming out of spring camp even though there will of course be questions i mean there's questions every year right i think you know jason laid it out perfectly there's a lot of positives a lot of things are pointing in the right direction you know the talent coming in uh, obviously from the transfer portal you know the young guys we're bringing in you're seeing guys take leaps and and you know, we have some, some emerging stars and like a Ryan O'Keefe, right? So I think a lot of the pieces are there. I think it's a it's a very fair assessment to say this time last year, we all thought we were going to be okay, but obviously it's a different circumstance. But I think you got to feel good about how well-rounded this team is, especially offensively this year. Um, and if Bowser's going to get faster, like you said he is, I mean, my word. I mean, he's, he's already a train as it is. If he gets faster, I mean, this offense could certainly be potent, particularly behind the running attack. Yeah, I feel more comfortable that the coaching staff is here. They're already settled in. They know what they're doing now. They're not trying to evaluate the players like they were last year. Now they're getting everybody in the right spots. I think we're going to be in for a good season. Adam, you used the phrase pointing in the right direction. That is certainly the case with UCF softball. They remain on a roll. Top 20 in all polls, 37-10 and 10 overall, 9-0 and 0 in the AAC. We are on Jada Cody Watch, NCAA leading 57 RBI. She's chasing Stephanie Best, 66 from 2003. Do think she's going to hit that on the road at Houston this weekend. Of course, difficult in the AAC to win on the road, so the Knights have a challenge there against the Cougars, but they remain in the driver's seat here in the AAC. Opposite direction, though, baseball. They lost 9-2 to Jacksonville Tuesday. Fourth straight loss, outscored 41-10. More injuries, Alex Freeland, broken hand. Uh, listen to Greg Lovelady. Tell me if you think the body language and the audio here uh, there's a, a confidence in this guy right now from the team. 
just got our butts whooped. Uh, we didn't do much of anything right today. Um, walked too many guys, too many free bases. Uh, we couldn't bunt. Our catchers didn't do a very good job. Um, you know, just lazy stuff in the outfield. Um, you know, our, our, uh, we just can't hold runners. Um, just, just poorly coached. Poorly coached and, uh, you know, all the things that we need to do in order to be good, like we just we didn't do. Ball Other players. than that, how was the play, <laughs> Mrs. Lincoln? <laughs> Jeez, that is not an upbeat soundbite. No, it certainly wasn't. I feel bad for the poor catchers. They got they got the heat early there. I don't know what they did wrong. We'll ask Stephen Brank in a second, but the poor catchers caught some strays uh, and, and love lady there. He sounds like me after my, my llama corn softball game this evening. Um, well, pretty similar, course. the beating we took. <laughs> what was the score in your game? <laughs> Ooh, I'd rather not say. You're the coach. <laughs> was it poorly coached as well? <laughs> There's only so much I can do. <laughs> Remind me to tell Coach Lovelady to use that soundbite. There's only so much guy can do. Is Stephen with us? Is Stephen? Uh, he certainly is, Grace. Stephen, good yep, to I'm see here. you. Did you hear that soundbite? Uh, this was a dejected Greg Lovelady just a week ago. Coming on, they were five and one. They took two out of three in Memphis. Uh, implosion now, and another injury in uh, Alex Freeland. Yeah, you know I, I've seen. I've seen Greg like that before, uh, you know, and it's, it sucks to see him like that. And, you know, it's just, it, it, it's just, things are not firing all, on all cylinders right now. And you could see that um, the injuries have definitely hurt losing Freeland. So now you've lost from your opening day lineup, you lost your two, three hitters. So, you know, in Romano and, and Freeland now that that's tough. And then, you know, we know with the pitching, it's been kind of hit or miss with, uh, who's been healthy and who's starting where and who's pitching when. And, you know, it's been uh, very inconsistent in baseball. That's the one thing you're looking for is consistency. Stephen, take me into the into the locker room for a second. When you hear Coach Lovelady say what he said and kind of the way he talks, as a player, how do you internalize that? Is that is that something as a motivating factor? Is that something that sort of gets the team down? How do you think the team sort of interprets, you know, uh, Coach Lovelady's frustration and obviously, you know, kind of clearly showing it in that sound like? Yeah, I think you have a problem if the coach is having to motivate you through what he's saying. Uh, then you don't have the leaders in the locker room. Uh, when I was playing, it was more so we were taking that on because guess what? We're the ones that just got embarrassed out on the field. He was in the dugout. So, yes, the loss goes to his name. But when you're in the lineup or on the mound, I mean, you're the one that's being embarrassed by the product that's being put out on the field, right, when you lose a game. And so, you know, it's just – you got to take pride in it uh, and knowing that clearly he's going to be disappointed. I mean, that's no surprise. So they don't have to hear that to know exactly how he feels. Uh, but, you know, it, it's just one of those things that needs to come from within. Um, as a coach, I've been on both sides of it as a player and a coach. And there's only so much you could do as a coach, right? I mean, you put the guys out there and it's, it's, their, it's their job to get the job done in the end. And so it's just showing up. But I do think, you know, injuries has been de devastating so far for this team um, here and there. There's guys that just feel like they're dropping like flies right now. And I, I feel bad because, you know, there's only so much depth that you could have on a roster. Right. I mean, it, it, pretty soon you reach the end of the bench. This weekend was a tough blow to our conference standings. 
Uh, we have to drop three to East Carolina. What do we have to do now? Are we only looking out for an at-large bid at this point? We, are we just hoping for a good run in the conference tournament? What are our chances now to make the big tournament? You know, you're going to win every game, right? You're trying to play to win every game. Uh, and uh, it looks like it could be anybody's conference still. I mean, it's it's one of those deals where ECU was very good. They played very well on the weekend, and they were clearly better than UCF. I mean, that was hands down obvious, right? And so uh, you're playing to win. Uh, you're never going to look ahead and just say, okay, now we're looking for an at-large or we're looking for a tournament win. You're still going going out because guess what? Somebody else could get bit by the injury bug too, and you know, next thing you know, the top two teams are at the bottom. I mean, you just never know what's going to happen in the game of baseball. There's way too much uh, at stake. There's way too many games to play. There's just so much going on. And so it's it's one of those deals where it's really easy from the outside to look at it and say, all right, we're just playing for the at-large. We're playing it for the tournament. Like, let's get healthy for that and, and make a run. I mean, when it comes down to it, 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 it could be people's jobs, whether it's it's coaching staff or players, right? Like, if you're a starter now and this is the record that's attached to your name as a starter in this lineup or on the mound, I mean, why wouldn't they try to replace you? You've referenced injuries. We know what it has been like the last couple of seasons. At what point is it fair to begin to question strength and conditioning or approach? Or do you think that this has been more a freak injury situation? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a lot of freak injuries, right? I mean, you look at, Romano blows out a knee on turf, just turning funny, right? An ACL, that's a freak injury. Uh, you know, Alex Freeland's hand breaking, I think it's his hamate bone on the other hand. He had surgery on one hand in the offseason from the same injury. And so um, those things, and then, you know, the Connor Stain where you had the, you know, the tailbone injury and the back spasms and the the fingernail, like those are all things that, those don't come from a strength coach or anything preparation. You know, it doesn't come from that. Uh, not from what I see. Uh, I think it's a lot of freak accidents. And I don't know, maybe it has something to do with a couple of years ago. We, we were all sitting around cooped up in our houses. I don't, I don't know if it had anything to do with that. You know, these guys you know, basically took an entire year off from playing. It seemed like um, uh, maybe their bodies aren't holding up because of that. I really don't know where it's coming from. It sounds more freak to me than anything else. Well, we've talked a little bit about Freeland being out for the season. Who needs to step up now? Who do you want to see kind of step up and, and you know, sort of replace some of that production that we're going to miss? Yeah, you're starting to see it from Noah Orlando a little bit. He's had some success. You need to see it from him. You need guys like Tom Jostin to, to be able to step up in that lineup. Um, he's kind of, you know, trickled toward the bottom of the lineup when he's in it. You know, you found him at the the top and the middle of the meat of the order whenever he was was playing before and and now he's just kind of struggled a little bit and he's a guy that there was high expectations coming into the year and I think that's what we need from him at this point to get them going is is a guy like that and I I think those two guys can do that they've done it before they've had production Um, and so obviously Jeffrey Pena is going to do what he does but you're going to need those guys you know, Sundin to stay as hot as he's been. And, you know, these other guys, you, you really need those guys, especially those two, I think, are, are guys that they can lean on, hopefully. This has been a little depressing here this week. Uh, the four tough losses. 
give the fans a reason to be optimistic. What can we look forward to? Pump us up, get the fans ready to go back out there and support the team. Especially yeah. Mike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mike needs all the help he can get, I'm sure. So, uh, I, I think it, it has to, everything to do with the young talent that this team has. I mean, you look at how good some of these young players have been, the Lex Bodekers, the, the Andrew Sundeens, the uh, Ryan Taylors. you got three freshmen in this order, in, in this batting lineup that it's just like, I mean, it seems like they're getting hits every time out. And, and that's something that's really, really encouraging to come out and watch the growth of these players because these kids are the future of this program. And not only are they the future, they're, they're the present, right? They're the guys that are leading this lineup in a lot of categories. And so those guys are really exciting to watch right now. Um, and so those are the guys that you got to get out and watch those guys because, you know, it, it could be – a year or two before they get drafted and they're gone. I mean, they're, they're really, really good players and uh, they could, they could turn it on here. And like I said, it's anybody's conference at this point still, it's so early that, you know, it, who knows UCF. I mean, they could win out from here in conference. I mean, that's not, it's not something that's unheard of. I mean, it's, they, they have a chance and, and love is going to get them right. I mean, you saw how, how angry he was in that interview. I mean, the amount of emotion that he's showing there. I mean, he, he cares. He wants this team to be great. He wants these guys to succeed and he's going to do what it takes to get them there. And I have faith in that. So. Win series on the road. Now at last place, Wichita win the series, Stephen Branca, you hear him on ESPN plus color commentary with the broadcast. We thank you for joining us again this week. And hopefully we'll have some good things to talk about next week. Yeah, thanks guys. Thanks, thanks Stephen. Thanks. And that was all about how do you pump Mike up after the llama corns got thrashed uh, <laughs> earlier. <laughs> Mike, are you preparing softball questions or hardball questions when the Charge On Tour makes its way to your neck of the woods? You, of course, for the interviews with Timo, Coach Malzahn. Um, I'm not sure if Johnny Dawkins will be making his way down to see you, but are, are you ready? <laughs> I've got bad news, man. This is... I got to say a bad job at a UCF scheduling this thing on a Saturday at two o'clock. Uh, I don't think I can even make it to this thing. Unfortunately. Um, You've got plenty of notice. Yeah, I know, but I've got so much other stuff going on with the girls softball and birthday parties. I have to attend and this and that is. He's a busy good. man, Trace. He's a busy man. What about Saturday at two, two is Tuesday, fun. May 24th in the space coast. Maybe you could drive. We need the hard hitting questions. <laughs> I'd love to do it. I mean, um, there's a few stops in Orlando. I'm sure you can make it to. I, I, I was I'm excited not the when one I saw the charge. He's to ask the hard-hitting questions of Coach Dawkins. It's you who's got him on yeah. the hot seat perpetually. And I would do it. I'll, Dawkins is not even coming down to it. It's it's uh, Malzahn and Mohajer. Um, I wanted to go, but Saturday at 2 o'clock, that, that's a bad job. I mean, the way they've done it every year has been like a Tuesday, Wednesday night. That makes more sense. I mean – the diehard fan, I guess, may go, but you're here in Fort Lauderdale Saturday afternoon. Most people are going to be at the beach. Most people are going to be doing stuff. I don't know if they're going to be hanging out at boat campers for a uh, two-hour meet and greet. I think Mike has telegraphed that he will not be there, so we'll need another Sons of UCF fan to ask the hard-hitting questions and, and get it on. But but we needed your daughter there to record the uh, the moments. I know, but it's her friend's birthday party that I'm already committed to going. <laughs> birthday party at the Tarjan tour. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, uh, if they can move the ice skating rink over there, then I think the kids would all be for it. But, uh, <sighs> I'm hearing excuses. All right, mm. 
Do we got the music for the mail? We're doing that. We're doing that again. All right, hold on. What? I don't like the music. Man. I like the music. No walking talks this week. And there we go. Mother's Day. We lost Mike. He was so upset. He just he just froze. Yeah, <laughs> he's had enough. He's back. Mike, you got so upset the camera froze. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, at Phil Talk Sports. Any updates on new uniforms? The QR codes made me think this was the modern jersey swan song. You know how UCF is very tight-lipped about uh, jerseys. We're not getting anything. Yeah, I think Phil's got a point, though. I mean, uh, retiring the jerseys, obviously, they, they put the QR codes. I don't know what went into that logistically, if that's a sew-over situation. But I could see the, the – and plus, they, they rolled out those white nitro head with the gold letters, which you couldn't see a thing in the stadium about. So maybe this is a bit of foreshadowing. Maybe Mike knows. I missed the question. Every time I get a, one of these <laughs> spam calls, it completely kicks me out of the thing. We'll combine the, car the next Your car warranty here. is expiring, Mike. <laughs> Brian W. Peterson is calling. <laughs> car warranty is expiring. Uh, we'll combine these next two. Austin Heff's question came in when we opened the mailbag on Monday. He goes, I love what I saw from Deontay Marks. How do we get him involved in such a loaded wide receiver room? A little emptier now with Flash uh, entering the portal. And at 808 HILI, I'm a huge fan of wide receiver Jalen Griffin. Will he get more reps this year? Adam, how about you take this? I think everybody moved up on this depth chart. One guy leaves, opportunity for some other guys. Here's my official answer. There's opportunity now, right? I think, you know, we, we, I said on the podcast this week, I'm getting a little, Mike and I are getting some some heat because we talked about how well Jalen looked and, you know, how well he integrated back with the team. So, you know, we're getting a little bit of flack for that. But I did say I expected a receiver to transfer. Just didn't think it would be him right now. But, yes, I do think. Who did you think it would be? I was going to go more in that Jordan Johnson, Deontay Marks tier, right? I mean, that sort of that mid-tier where they're not quite breaking through, but they're, you know, they certainly have the talent, although both have transferred before, so that can make it more problematic for them. But I do think it's it's that that group, that that three, four, five, six group. Amari Johnson looked fantastic in the spring game. He, he caught a couple of those tunnel screens and took one to the house. So I, I certainly think that there's opportunity, and this may make things more interesting, right? Now you've got basically three, four guys fighting for a spot. Um, and don't forget the freshman. We talked about Quan Lee's Avery Townsend coming in. So it could get interesting for sure. Mike, are you worried about the depth now losing Flash? Um, I, I mentioned on the show, losing one guy we can handle. I mean, he got injured last year. He, we basically missed them all last year. Uh, if we start losing two or three other guys, then I'll get a little concerned. The good thing is we have guys that are similar built to him. Omari Johnson, Quan Lee, they're speedsters, similar size. I think these guys will be able to step into it. Adam, you were at the spring game at G Cupcake 17. Which new recruit has stood out to you the most? All I know, all I know is Jordan McDonald is a huge, large human being. That picture on the field of all the running backs, he was bigger than Bowser. Uh, and Mark Anthony Richards looks like he should be playing for Johnny Dawkins. I think Johnny Dawkins should pick up the phone. We, we have spots, I hear. Uh, but uh, Jordan McDonald was, was a large human being. He didn't get a ton of carries. But my goodness, if that kid you know, puts it all together and has some speed on top of that. He is, he is one behemoth of a man. Yeah. I saw the, the film of him in high school and he's a man amongst boys in there. So I'm looking forward to seeing him run some people over too myself. Not a mailbag question, but Adam, I'll ask you anything decided you think a kicker or is that a job still up for grabs or does Obarski as the veteran go into fall camp with an advantage? 
I assume Wabarski's got the nod right now. I think he'd have to do something catastrophic. Colton Boomer, they trotted him out for a 50-plus yard. I think it was 52, uh, just a bit short on that one. So uh, maybe he doesn't quite have the leg. We, I think we had this kid kicking like 70 yarders. Uh, so just a little short in that 50-yarder. I think Wabarski's got the leg up, uh, no pun intended, unless he does something catastrophic. Um, I, I would expect good old number 98 trotting out there on opening night. Uh, another season of stress at XQIZT underscore UCF defense heard there were similar tackling problems this last year. Is this just a product of everyone easing up and not wanting to get hurt or are there fundamentals that still aren't solid? I do feel like we have questions coming out of this camp. Of course, there are going to be questions, but defense, I don't have that level of confidence, Mike. We talked about it before the game. Are these guys going to try to take care of each other? They don't want to have any dirty hits. Maybe they're maybe slowing up a little bit on these tackles in the spring game. Um, I expect the defense to get better. I think a lot of it may have been some just communication issues. The tackling itself, uh, it could always improve. It could always improve last year, too. So um, I think they'll get it straightened up. You know, what's nice, of course, is to open up with one of those FCS games instead of a Boise State. You can work through some of those issues in a game like that. Robert, at two letters, two words, based on the observations, who's going to be the most productive tight end? Tight end been a big topic of conversation uh, surrounding your show ever since you set that marker. What was it? 25 25 and a half yeah a lot of interest in the the tight end who do you think stands out there and are either or any of them used as much as we might like them to be kamari gamble's name was was said a, a ton over the loudspeaker on saturday certainly seemed like they were finding ways it seemed like him and mikey keen had a really nice connection uh, early in the game so i would expect he would potentially just as a veteran as you know more of a pass catching threat potentially get the nod i don't think he came here for you know for uh, for no specific reason, right? So I assume that he's got some thoughts on how he's in the offense. So I think Kamari Gambles is probably the lead person, but Alec Holler played well last year. He was literally the only tight end with catches. Uh, so I, I think you add those two together. Uh, we heard Bowser drop some news. They may do two running back sets. Maybe you see two, two tight end sets. Um, I think you got some weapons there, particularly if the, the wide receivers uh, are a little thinner than we thought they were going to be. Holler and Gamble sounds like a get, get some NIL deal. Sounds like Proctor and Gamble. Or maybe Gamble himself just goes off and gets one of these uh, DraftKings sponsorships or something. There, there's some uh, potential there. I think the tight ends are going to put up more than 25. I think that number is low. Ooh, he's uh, giving us his prediction right now on that. At Mary Ashqua 6, we just lost another linebacker. That position was thin enough. Now what, now what, Mary, is that the portal giveth back to UCF? They're getting somebody. Yeah, Jason, or Jason Beattie mentioned it. There's a, an FCS linebacker that's pretty much already in the pipeline. I think there's just paperwork or whatever to be fi figured out from that standpoint. Uh, I think it's May 1st uh, players have to put their, their name in the portal. So you still have another nine days or so of this. A lot of uh, you know teams, their spring camps are ending or have ended. And this is the time for that next wave of guys in the transfer portal. So I imagine Gus strategically understood that, probably saved some spots back. I'm sure he's already got the names on his board of who he's looking for. So I suspect that uh, Gus will be i don't know how the portal works by the way mike thinks it's like tinder where you just swipe on a i don't know how that all works but i imagine <laughs> gus is in there swiping or, or doing something to you know linebacker linebacker line and just you know bringing guys in mike Keep your how many more players for ucf enter the portal if any what's your number between now and may one how many more um give me two more two yeah I mean, predictions a name perhaps uh one of the running backs i would say because we have so many of them and, maybe a trillion uh, coals, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. And um, I don't know. Give me, uh, you know, the other positions, we don't have that much depth in it. I'm just naming the running, running back because that's probably the position where we have the most guys. Uh, I would have said receiver, but we already lost one of those. 
Um, it's, it's tough, but you know what? Keep your eye out on the Auburn site and see if any of those guys are entering the portal. And then, you know, the first place we always assume they're going to is follow Gus. So maybe a couple of those guys come our way. Keep working that pipeline because it eventually is going to close a little bit uh, as we get past uh, Gus's years in Auburn. Finally, at Zeebles, UCF, the spring game has JRP stock rising, which probably calls for a UCF Mike nickname for the guy. Any ideas? Are you still sticking with Keen Kong until the royalty check comes in? By the way, this is over. JRP is your starting quarterback this fall. That's my prediction. What's your it's nickname? Over. Mike? It's wow. over. I, I need I, a breaking news sounder. I didn't know you were going to do that. It's over. Man. Wow. No, it's not over. It's never over. 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 <laughs> uh, Who JRP is more are... versatile than JRP if that offensive line begins to um, get a little shaky? He can create things with his legs. It's over. But what's your nickname yeah. for JRP? Uh, I mean, JRP is a nickname in itself. If anything, you know, Rice, Rice, Plumley. I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, you should trademark the King Kong. Stay with King, King Kong. Kong. Yeah. In yeah King Kong is my best one. Uh, Mike mentioned uh, uh, Gamble and Holler and all that. Speaking of sponsors and partners, we have had not an opportunity yet, uh, Adam, to talk about our newest that we added just last week. Yeah, I'm going to put the graphic back up. And the best thing about this graphic for everybody, uh, let me let me stop this music that Trace made me play because now it's just I love that for me. I love that. Uh, the graphic, uh, it covers Trace's head. So there's nothing better than this a graphic over Trace's head. But Gordon and Partners uh, are our new partner on the Suns UCF loan. Uh, they are, since 1993, Gordon and Partners have been dedicated to the pursuit of justice for those who've been wrongfully injured at no fault of their own. Look, it's a situation like this. It's important to have somebody you trust. Nobody better than Michael Hoffman. He's a UCF alum. He's going to take care of you. If you have questions, if you have needs, you have anything you want, Michael's willing to give you his cell phone number. He wants you to text him with any questions, 407-913-5350. Michael Hoffman is your guy, UCF alum. He'll take care of you. If he doesn't know the answer, he'll find you the answer. You can also check their website out. For the injured.com Gordon and partners give Mike a text not this Mike but Michael Hoffman he will uh please don't text you Sam Mike for legal advice please keep that strictly strictly to Michael Hoffman and uh, based on Mike never texting uh, BJ Taylor we know that this Mike will never hear from UCF Mike they may hear from me because you know we had we I might have a case building here after UCF stole my idea for the QR codes Maybe uh, my, my friends are going to impart. I mean, I had it out there first. That's Jay Tui's just sitting around going, taking that idea from UCF, Mike. <laughs> Quick execution. Wait, you own QR codes or you own the idea? I'm confused. By the way, you brought that up on a Monday, Tuesday. UCF turned that around to debut on a Friday. I like that. I said, they're very quick. Very quick. <laughs> you I, heard it, of course, first on the Sons of UCF. I mean, I didn't hear it from the, from UCF myself. That was a, that came straight from my brain, and then you know you guys saw it three days later. I, I don't know what to tell you other than that. Adam, can you go back in this show and get that you heard it from, straight from this brain, and perhaps we can use that as a <laughs> yes. sounder that we might yeah. be able to pull up from. Time I really to need time. somebody watching this show to take notes of some of these things and remember the timestamps. It's just a lot easier that way. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. You guys did a good job breaking down the spring game, episode 177 of the show. If you haven't, of course, wherever you get your downloadable content, and, of course, on the Sons of UCF YouTube channel, you can listen to it there. You guys did a good job breaking everything down, leaving us with all the questions left unanswered. 
Yeah, I thought the most interesting thing is we tried to go through the checklist of items that would define the starting quarterback and kind of give the advantage now, right? So so from a throwing perspective, is it Keener Plumley? From a running perspective, Keener Plumley playbook, leadership, making big plays, you know, protecting the football. So we kind of talked through that in real time. And it's interesting, you know, Mike not seeing the spring game live and only seeing some clips, you know, he he certainly leaned one way. You know, being there, I'm curious for those who have uh, were at the game who haven't heard it yet, you know, what your perspective are, you know, seeing Plumley play seeing him throw the football, seeing the way he managed the offense. Uh, so check that out. We're curious to see how you slot the quarterbacks when you think about them from a rating perspective. I still say Keen says green, green better than anybody. So he's got the top. <laughs> Isaiah Bowser off the top. Jason Beatty right after that. The appearance of UCF Mike, of course, and uh, Stephen Bronca. I think that's pretty good for the Thursday, April 21st edition of the Sons of UCF Live. We appreciate you welcoming we us got, in. We got nothing else, so. I think that's, that's pretty good. Got. I mean, that's that's, what more do you want? We, uh, of course, have another Twitter Spaces from that gang tonight. They're billing it as a special guest uh, there as well. So we hope you'll tune into them. You say Mike, is that you? You say Mike, special guest? Mike jumps into that. He's suddenly the guest of the hour. That's what happens when UCF Mike jumps in. I have gone on to listen the last couple of times, and they have mentioned me. They say, hey, we have a celebrity in the house, UCF Mike. Of UCF. Jesus, here we go. Welcome. <laughs> I send a little wave emoji, and then uh, I go about my way. <laughs> what is your way, exactly? Does that mean you jump in, you jump out, you leave them wanting more? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not there to, to speak. Everybody gets enough from me on Monday nights and then here again, so – I'm just there to listen, see what everybody's talking about. We got shorted a little of you from a full hour perspective, so maybe hop in to the Twitter spaces tonight. Everybody, thank you much for watching and listening. Go Knights. Ball players. <laughs> Ball players. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.